everyone, and welcome to this episode of Chatting with the Lightkeeper. I'm Edward, and today I guess we'll start out with some uh, kind of exciting news. Um, I got notified from the folks at Spotify that my podcast, this little humble little podcast, um, is actually in the 25 most followed podcast on their uh, site, which considering uh, the mind-boggling number of podcasts and podcasters there are on Spotify. Um, I have to say I'm kind of proud of that. Um, it wasn't my intent when I started it, still isn't, um, to um, to do this for any applause. Um, so it's it just was a kind of a nice uh, pat on the back. So most importantly, I wanted to say thank you. Um, because if it wasn't for everyone out there listening to my words, this never would have happened. So thanks, thanks so much for taking the time out of your busy lives um, to listen to my ramblings. Um, and the other thing that this kind of brought in mind or brought to mind, um, sometimes there's unintended consequences with things. Um, for example, like coming out as kinky. Um, that is something that is not, um, like, I, I can't imagine to publicly come out and say I'm into DS or BDSM or I, I think it would be even harder to say, you know, come out as gay or lesbian or transgender or non-binary or whatever. That has to just be just, it's insurmountable, something that I, I don't. Uh, yeah, I'm just not able to wrap my head around. So um, the thing about coming out as kinky, the the hardest step in that journey is is coming out to yourself and admitting to yourself um, that yes, this is something that is a part of my life, and in my next relationship um, or my current one, I want to incorporate some of these things that the vanilla world says are naughty, not good, uh, you know, all sorts of judgments galore flow from vanilla folks. Um, so that, that's the hardest step um, in it. Um, it's not necessarily, you know, telling your best friend or, or telling somebody else. Um, but the other wonderful thing about unintended consequences besides that is Obviously, once I hit that little mark of being in the 25th most followed, 25 percentile of most followed, however you want to say it, um, is I, they're the payment processor. Um, not that I am getting rich from doing this podcast, you know. Uh, once a quarter, I get uh, I get a Starbucks treat or so out of it. Uh, so I'm definitely not getting rich, um, but it sort of heightened the scrutiny of my podcast. And since we are talking about the naughty world of DS and BDSM here, well, the payment processor thought that this podcast was porn. Yes, if you can believe it, I was accused of having a porn porn podcast. That's a hard one to say. You know, say that three times fast. Porn podcast, porn podcast, porn podcast. So that was a wonderful two-week-long ordeal of emails back and forth, back and forth, until the payment processor processing service realized that 
DS and BDSM does not equal porn or does not equal sex. So, I mean, that's just the vanilla world colliding with the kinky world because, you know, I've, I've stepped out of, out of the comfort zone to talk about it in a podcast. So, uh, yeah. So the, you know, one of those little unintended, unintended consequences, but, um, anyways, getting back to, um, more of the subject at hand that I was, I was thinking of for today. And, and, and please excuse me again. I am, I am normally one of those people that over prepares for presentations, speaking, you know, speaking publicly are very, very well thought out, very well prepared. The last podcast we did, um, unscripted was fantastic for me. Um, not only was it a huge challenge to go, you know, note free, uh, but it really, really led me to a place that I needed to go apparently and talk about it. And so this week, um, on the podcast, we are not unscripted, but um, very limited on the script, kind of easing myself away from super prepared perfectionist Edward. Um, that's a hard habit to break, by the way. So we're going to be a little, a little less scripted than usual. So what caught my attention this week were two things. One, I'm a geek, if you didn't know that already. Um, so there's been a lot of hubbub around space travel, and we won't mention any names about the people and the billionaires involved and how we should or shouldn't feel about these these billionaires flying off to space. Um, but all the talk about space kind of um, got me thinking about the lifestyle concept of subspace and, subspace and dom space. Um, these are something that, that gets talked about a lot, especially the subspace side. The dom space side is sort of, um, in my opinion, something that doesn't, doesn't get talked about a little bit or as much as it should. So hopefully we'll correct that today. So if you are newer to the lifestyle, subspace may be a term you've heard. But what it really is, or even sub or dom space, really, they're both the same thing, just just like everything in the lifestyle, different different sides of the coin. Um, what it is, it's during lifestyle play, um, the person develops. Really, it's it's a like a state of intoxication. You know, there's no drinking or drugs involved. Um, just quick safety note: if you have been drinking or using a recreational substance, don't play. Don't play in the lifestyle it's it's dangerous don't okay so that's out of the way that little psa but when we engage in lifestyle play there can be a chemical reaction really in our brains which is very much like being intoxicated um, sensations change our perceptions change and we sort of are floating on cloud nine, even if the play that's going on is, is something that's going to be painful, an impact play where there's definitely pain involved, but the brain, that chemicals in the brain are processing it all as pleasure. So it is wonderful in the sense that it's it's this great, intoxicating, pleasurable sensation happening on our brains but the body especially for the submissive is undergoing things that are 
outside of this moment in time not necessarily you know pleasurable even if you are somebody who enjoys feeling something sting or hurt the brain is turning all of that to pleasure and there won't be any pain felt until afterwards so there's a lot that is said about dom and subspace especially the subspace um and recently well i guess it wasn't that recently because the former respected blogger who wrote about this um and argued against space at all at all cost is is no longer a respected blogger or a blogger they've they um well they've just gone poof um so be it but there are people out there like that former blogger that will argue that that space for doms or submissives is something to be avoided at all costs and there's a time and a place to avoid it and if it's something you are willing to explore want to explore it should be explored but it comes with incredible amounts of risk management and trust that have to be there to do it safely so i know that sounds very corporate world and we are not on some corporate earnings call but um risk management is 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 a key part and key component of that so let's take a, a little break um since we're in the corporate part of this say in risk management let's do the corporate deal of um having a break for the sponsor and we'll be right back after the break to talk about how to explore dom and subspace safely or safer let me change that to safer so we'll be right back welcome back and thank you for uh listening to that little blurb uh from anchor and we are talking about space the final frontier here in the world of ds well, it's not the final frontier and there's always new things within the lifestyle and or at least new to you to learn new to me to learn things so anywho back to talking about subspace um it in dom space both both of these come with risk um everything within the lifestyle when it comes to play enjoyment kinkiness there there's always risk in them um think of the spanking spider <clears throat> let me try and say that maybe a little bit more clearly spanking spider um no there isn't a a kind of spider out there known as a spanking spider that lurks and spanks random submissives while they sleep but for example let's say you have a phobia of spiders and you're a submissive your dominant is giving you a bareheaded spanking um, and you see itsy bitsy spider creeping up the wall and because of that fear your response is to jump and scream or whatever it, it, most people who have a fear of spiders when they see one there's a jump and a I got to get out of here now and so the submissive sees itsy bitsy spider jumps the dominant is coming forward with their hand to, you know, lay a smack on their tushy. Because the submissive has jumped, their hand misses the tushy and lands on a kidney. Um, not fun, not a good spot to have an impact. 
and totally unintended. The the dominant didn't mean to hit the submissive there, and the submissive didn't mean to jump, but it all just happened so quickly. So there's risk, really, in, in anything um, that we do in the lifestyle as far as play. Um, some things, obviously, are less risky than others. So risk management, talking about things, informed consent, all of those things are incredibly important to to have. So since space is something dominant and submissive that is not... Well, since we talked about it being the equivalent of intoxication, um, perhaps you've had the experience where you've gone out with friends, had a few drinks. You didn't plan on, you know, getting a little lit, but it just sort of happened. A lot of times when people experience um, space within the DS world for the first time, it's something that just sort of happens. There was, it's not planned. Um, and, and in fact, finding space, whether you're on the dom side or submissive side, it's not necessarily easy. It's not something you can plan on. It's not like uh, binge drinking in college, perhaps, where you go out and buy a case of beer and start pounding the beer until, ta-da, you are in beer space. Um, so it's something that just will creep up and happen and often catches uh, the person who's experiencing it unaware, it's just, it's sort of, it's sort of come on or come started to come over them. Um, you can notice that it's coming because you can start to kind of feel good and warm and all of those wonderful, good, warm, happy, fuzzy feelings. Um, so it's not necessarily something you can plan, but it does tend to happen. So the first big risk management tool that's in the toolbox is trust. You have to trust the person that you are engaging in play with. Um, if you are engaging in play with somebody who is new to you, perhaps a casual play partner, um, or even a brand new partner, or you're new to the lifestyle and you start to feel warm, fuzzy, happy, and for example, a spanking has gone from stinging, hurting a bit to rather than feeling a sting or an ouch, every whack is now pleasurable. This is a time, especially if you're new or with a new person, to call a halt to things if you're especially on the submissive side. Um, same for the dominant. If that whack you're doing a barehanded spanking and that impact you really don't feel it in your hand you you can obviously you'll feel the hand hit but it's a different sensation there's there's it's you know very similar it's it's warm it's fuzzy and you're kind of floating a bit and everything is everything outside of it's sort of like tunnel vision is developing you're just kind of hyper-focusing, which isn't necessarily a bad thing, but it can be a bad thing because you're losing focus on on the bigger picture. So in those types of situations, new, new partner, or a casual partner, this is an important time to um, call a halt to play. 
maybe a, just a kind of like sports, a timeout, stop, halftime break. Let's let's catch our breaths. Let's let's you know bring our body chemicals back down to uh, a safer normal level, and maybe resume. Maybe call it call a halt to play for for the night. What what have you? Um, this is also where safe words come into play, because oftentimes during play. Having a safe word, safe gesture is incredibly important. You start to feel like you are losing control or it's, you know, things are floating and you're that got that intoxication feeling and everything is new, including the partner. Safe word, stop, reset, bring things back, talk about what's happening. Um, safe words are so important. Um, it's something I've said again, you said before. I'll say it again, so if you heard this before, you're going to hear it again, and you'll hear it again, too. Um, one person in five, during their first five years within the lifestyle, will have their consent violated. And that is just, to me, crazy, astronomically too big, especially for the amount of time that is spent preaching, talking, discussing safe words, safety consent, consent, you know, all of that, it should not happen, period. It just shouldn't be happening. So safe words are so important. And it doesn't matter whether you're dom or submissive, you or switch, no matter your role, you need to have a safe word. Not only that, when you are building a relationship, getting to know you're, you found that special someone you're building a relationship with, and you're starting to incorporate DS play into, into your relationship, this is a great time to test your partner with your safe words. How are they going to react? You know, say your safe word in play when it's unexpected. See how they react. Do they, do they respect it? Do they immediately stop? What's, what's wrong? Is everything okay? And also find out the other important thing with testing them with a safe word is in that reaction, are they angry? Are they mad at you that they stopped play or are they concerned? And if you have an individual who's mad that you safe word, safe worded, and they're upset that you stop play, especially just to see how they react, that that's a red flag that there's issues potentially in the future with them. Because what you want to see is somebody who is immediately concerned, stops immediately and goes, are you okay? What's wrong? Can I get you something? What do you, what's what's going on? The, they've shifted going from play to what's wrong. How you know? How can I help you? Um, the other thing with safe words, and it's so important, so so important. Uh, once again, it doesn't matter your role. Dominance, you need to have them and practice them too. Submissives, you need to have them and practice them. Um, and the reason why we need to practice our safe words is because when we're playing, it can be very hard when we're having fun, things are enjoyable, it's kinky romance going on, and and everything is great, we don't want to stop. So we need to learn, we need to practice the skill to stop things. Um, and, and it's not romantic, but it's a skill that every DS relationship needs to have and needs to practice. Even longtime couples 
or partnerships, whatever, however it works, floats your boat, need to practice their safe words and safe gestures. These need to happen so that the dominant is proficient with stopping the scene. If something were to happen to the dominant, that they stop the scene and the submissive understands how to how to respond, and especially for the submissive to be able to practice their safe words and their gestures so that they can stop a scene and have the confidence to stop a scene. Something that you often hear when you talk to submissives with regards to safe words is you will hear, and almost every submissive who's been in the lifestyle for a while will have a story where they will say, you know, I've really never safe worded, but this one time I really wish I had because. And that because is often because things went too far, were going too far, and there's either a fear that they are going to let the dominant down by safe wording, like somehow this is going to disappoint the dominant. I don't want to disappoint the dominant, especially if it's a newer partnership. Don't want to disappoint my dom. So I don't want a safe word. But when it's a skill that you've learned and you've practiced, that it's just, it's it's a skill. We just use it. Okay, I'm feeling uncomfortable. I'm going to safe word. And it's so, so it's so important that you practice and learn and you're comfortable using your safe words during play. Same with gestures, because sometimes with lifestyle play, it's not always, you know, for example, a ball gag's involved. Hearing is not necessarily going to be, oh yeah, that's that's tarantula, I need to stop. Uh, so that's where gestures come involved. You know, a waving of the hands, a specific motion. Practicing them so that you're proficient with them and you can do it when they're second nature. So it's so important. Um, the other thing that I believe is important, with especially with dominance, because dominance are typically the ones in control of a scene. And for dominance, when dom space happens, it's not necessarily something you can plan on. It's not something you can script. But if it's an area a dominant wishes to explore or a dominant starts to feel it coming on for the first time, please, if you're a dominant and you start to feel that intoxicating feeling, you start to feel like you're floating, like you had one too many, you know, beverages with your friends at a hockey game, and that's when it's time to stop a scene and talk about things with, with your submissive and say, hey, this is how I'm feeling. This is what's going on. I wanted to stop it before I got caught up in the feeling of intoxication and perhaps would miss a safe word or a safe gesture and put us both in an unsafe position. And I care for you, my submissive, and therefore I don't want to do this. And if it's something that 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 partnership wants to explore to allow the dominant to, to be able to go there and, and to have that experience. My advice, this is so unsexy, um, but is to bring in a person to be a safety, you know, to be there as a safety person that will step in and stop the scene. Because what happens if the submissive 
goes off into subspace and the dominance in subspace, um, it's, once again, it's a, like two people who are intoxicated doing things that um, sometimes when intoxicated people do things together, the next day there's a whole bunch of regret. So having that safety person, the person there to watch for safe words, to know what limits are, you know, no hard, soft limits where the where the negotiations for for the play have gone, what's okay, what's not okay, um, and when so that they can be there to stop step in and say, Okay, it's time to stop. You're both uh, pushing your limits. Let's, you know, let's take a breather. Um, and I know it's not sexy. I mean, there are people out there who are exhibitionists, um, where this would be thrilling. Uh, but then there are other people that are not um, so so much so, and it would be a very tough hurdle to to get over. Uh, but it is something that would definitely keep everyone safe, because you have a fresh set of eyes observing, monitoring what is going on, that is going to keep everybody safer um, during play. Um, oftentimes, if you go to a play party. Uh, where lifestyle people get together for social socialization and and if there's a desire on people's parts they have um, apparatus and tools and toys where where you can engage in bdsm play and there are people who monitor the play and those are called dungeon masters um so not not in the same sense of dungeons and dragons dungeon masters but they are the people that are in control and can stop things so um it would definitely be wise if this is something that you feel could occur may occur or perhaps occurred in the past everything came out okay but going forward we'd like to explore this with my my partner and i'm concerned that we both may enter our space and so we need to have we need to have a dungeon master or dungeon monitor um there um and to just keep us safe and it may be uncomfortable to have that person there but it, it's definitely definitely so important especially if both dom and submissive do enter their appropriate or their you know their the inner space um so the final thing that we need to talk about when it comes to uh, comes to space um, is that because the brain chemicals have really gotten flowing and, you know, this is all a um, reaction within our brains, not everyone, but, you know, there's always the exception to the rule, but most people who experience space, whether it's a dominant or submissive, they are going to experience drop afterwards they're gonna have the post play hangover um, so aftercare is going to be extremely extremely important because our brains are going to need to settle down come back to reality and so this is one of those times when aftercare is important and expect more aftercare and by meaning more aftercare meaning more intense and it's probably going to be a longer duration um, if typical play requires for you aftercare to be you need about eight hours of aftercare well something like this i would definitely say 
plan on a day at least um, to be safe, maybe two. Um, just understand that if you're a dominant and you're submissive in your subspace, your aftercare responsibilities have grown exponentially. And submissives, if your dom reports back afterwards that they they experienced, you know, they experienced some of the, they experienced dom space, uh, you need to be aware and and make sure that you are caring for them um, as well. That um, that they're going to. Um, they're going to be suffering a drop afterwards, probably very similar to, to what the submissive has experienced. So you may both be after carrying each other at the same time. So the importance of aftercare, it's, it's always super important. But in a case like this, with the, um, the chemicals and the endorphins and all those good things, it's... It's incredibly important that aftercare becomes something that goes on longer and, and perhaps even a bit more intense than normal. And I don't mean intense in a, in a bad way or like a screaming football coach, but just that it's, it, it's very attentive. That's probably the better word, attentive rather than intense. Um, so anyway, those are my thoughts on the intoxicating side of the lifestyle, dom space and subspace. Um, and in the right partnership and with the right partner, it is something that is safe to explore, provided that um, everyone involved takes, takes the precautions to trust, know safe words, practice the safe words, and understands the, the intense need for aftercare afterwards. So on that note, we'll wrap up the, uh, the fun and games of the lifestyle side of it. And just in case I don't get a chance to sit down and chat with everyone again before the holidays get here, um, since I'm recording this under my lit Christmas tree, it's kind of pretty and a nice uh, change of pace to have the, uh, the beauty of the holiday kind of right here in front of me while I chat. Um, have a great holiday season. And uh, we'll chat definitely before the new year. And I look forward to uh, hearing your feedback. So have a great holiday and we'll talk to you soon.